Theresa May <laughs> and begin by dancing. I do dance before the Lord, but not as much these days as I used to. <laughs> Let's turn to John chapter 15. This has uh, been a very influential chapter in my life, in my ministry before Kingdom Faith and all the way through the history of Kingdom Faith. It was a central passage of Scripture in the revival that we were in in the early 1970s. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Jesus is, of course, talking to the disciples at the Last Supper. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he would bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. I'm tempted to go on because it's such wonderful scripture, but actually this is the part of what Jesus is saying that we need to focus on this morning. All the way through the three, three and a half years that Jesus spent with his disciples, he was building up to this moment when he would make this astonishing statement. Now, to us, of course, we're very familiar with it, uh, but it, this was a revolutionary thing that Jesus was saying to the disciples. If you put yourself in their position, they'd been with Jesus all this time. They'd been with him. They had seen all that he had done and been present when he taught the people. They'd come to understand that he is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus makes this astonishing statement now you will live in me and I will live in you. One thing to live with Jesus, something totally different to live in Jesus. And the word that is used here, the tense of of the word in Greek means a continuous action. So when 
Jesus is saying, remain in me. If we translate it literally, it means go on continuously living in me. And then I will go on continuously living in you. That's a great blessing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Give thanks in all circumstances. Hallelujah. So, live continuously in me. How do we do that? How is it possible to have a relationship with Jesus where we are conscious of continually living in him? Now, we believe that he lives in us by the power of the Spirit. But is it possible to know that in a continuous way in which Jesus is speaking? I think there may be odd moments when most Christians remember they're in Christ. And at certain times, they're aware of Christ living in them. Especially perhaps when they need to do something that is beyond them and they need to trust and depend upon the Lord. Then they're very thankful that in some way or another, the Spirit of Christ is in them. But Jesus is speaking at another level altogether from that, isn't he? Now, if we're to understand how we are able to continuously live in Jesus, what we have to do in these few verses is to look not at Jesus or ourselves, but at the Father. I think often in these verses, the Father is the forgotten one. What Jesus says about the Father. Remember that while he was on earth, he lived in the Father, and the Father lived in him. He made that quite clear. So, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. So what Jesus is saying to the disciples is, you are to live continually in me, just as I have lived continually in the Father, and the Father has lived continuously in me. So what is Jesus saying here about the Father? He says the Father is the gardener the vine dresser, however you want to translate. He is the one who is responsible for the vine and tends the vine. So I'll take you to some other scriptures in a moment to show you that it is the Father that puts you into the vine. Now, I'm not a great horticulturist, but I understand a little bit, read a little bit, about 
how a branch is grafted into another plant. So at some point, God chose to graft you into the vine of Jesus. Somebody had to put you there. You couldn't put yourself there. Jesus didn't put you there. The Father put you there. Now, when you graft, what you have to do is to cut the branch so that the core of the branch is exposed. And you cut the plant into which you are grafting that branch. So, if you like, the heart of the branch gets exposed to the heart of the plant. They are then put together and they are bound together until the graft has taken and the branch then is part of the plant into which it's been grafted. So, Jesus is saying this to the disciples on the night before he goes to the cross. And Jesus is well aware that what the cross is going to make possible is this grafting process. It would have been impossible for the disciples to live in him before the cross. What is exposed on the cross is the heart of God. Jesus was literally cut. He experienced the flogging and the wounds that exposed the very life of Jesus so that others could then be grafted into him. Am I making this clear? You're getting it. So, the heart of the person being grafted in had to also be exposed to Jesus, just as Jesus exposes his heart. So, nobody gets grafted in until their hearts are open to the Lord, until they have given of themselves from the heart to him. Then the grafting process can take place. And of course, when the branch is first grafted in, it needs the support that the Father gives. And of course, the Father gives that support through other branches in this vine which, to which we all belong. But people need support when they first come to the Lord. They need encouragement, they need help, they need assistance. 
while this grafting process is taking place, while they're learning to live in Christ, and when they're being taught what it means for Christ to live in them. And this, of course, is, is the responsibility of the leadership in, in any church to help that grafting process take place on all new believers and, and those that have not been Christians for very long. Once that grafting process has been completed, then the branch is totally responsible for continuing to live in the vine. Now, what Jesus is saying here is that even once that grafting process is complete, the Father still watches over the vine. What goes on in this vine is really the Father's concern. Uh, if you turn, if you've got your, your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 30. This is a, a key verse in Scripture. And we read there, it is because of Him, that is because of God the Father, it is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus. Right. Now that means it is because of the Father, He called you, He chose you, He put you into Jesus, He's grafted you into Jesus. It's because of Him. It's not because of you. It's because of God Himself that you are in Christ Jesus. Now, once that graft has taken place and you're a branch in the vine, then look what the result is. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness our holiness, our redemption. Now that means the branch does not have any righteousness that is total acceptance in the sight of God, doesn't have any righteousness of its own. Although holiness is God's purpose for all of his children, none of the branches have any holiness of their own. Redemption, redemption is the work where God redeems us, He purchases us with the blood of Jesus to make us His own in order that we can be grafted into the vine. But redemption is more than that. Redemption is also the full ultimate victory that we will have when even our bodies will be resurrected. We will have those new resurrection bodies in the glory of God. Redemption is the full and final and complete <laughs> Completion, if you like, the complete completion, that's a good phrase. Complete completion of the purposes of God for your life. So He is the, our righteousness. He is the one who makes us totally acceptable to God, puts us right with God by cleansing us of our sin and failure and so on. He is our holiness, makes it possible for us to live at one with the Holy God in the Holy Son of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We'll see a little bit more of what that means in a moment. 
And he is the one who will enable us to come to that complete final conclusion of all of God's salvation purposes for our lives. So all this is the work of God who places us in the Son and who makes the Son for us the wisdom that we need. So we don't try to acquire a righteousness of our own or try to be holy because the more you try to be holy, the more trying you become. Uh, I mean, it's just totally impossible. Uh, and you can't uh, work out your own redemption. All this is the work of God completely by His grace. So, if we go back into the Old Testament for a moment to Isaiah chapter 27, again we see here how the Father is watching over the vineyard, where, of course, this vine of Jesus is situated. So Isaiah 27 verse 2, In that day sing about a fruitful vineyard. Now we've just seen in John uh, 15 that the purpose of the vine, the purpose for every branch of the vine is to bear fruit. Now that has to be the fruit that the Father wanted when, it pla when he placed the branch in the vine. It isn't the fruit that the branch decides or the, or the fruit that the, 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 the branch desires to have. It's the fruit that the Father wanted to produce through that branch when he grafted the branch into the vine of Jesus. Have we got that? So he takes out, the Father takes out of the vine any fruitless branches any that do not want to live in the vine to fulfill the will and the purpose of the Father. Because they'll only draw life out of the vine and produce nothing. But even the fruitful branches, you see, he is tending the vine, he's watching over it, so even the fruitful branches are pruned every year to make them more fruitful still. So although his purpose is that each branch that is grafted into the vine will fulfill the purpose that the Father has, he knows that this is to be an increasing thing all the way through the life of that believer. That year on year, he will become more fruitful, more fruitful, more fruitful still, more fruitful. If we had time to go all the way through uh, chapter 15 of, of uh John, we would see that Jesus talks about bearing fruit, bearing more fruit, bearing more fruit, still boring f bearing fruit that will last. It's a progressive, increasing revelation of how God will work in our lives to produce the fruit. So, sing about a fruitful vine vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. Now, if you see yourself grafted into the vine of Jesus, it's not just that now you are going to work out your life in relation to Jesus. No, no, no. The Father is watching over this vine. The Father is watching over you and your life in the vine. Now, this is going to be very, very important, as, as you will see in a moment. So, I water it continually. Now, water 
Living water in Scripture is the Holy Spirit. So I water this vine continually in the Holy Spirit. The, the only way that this graft is going to take is in the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way in which the branch, once it's grafted in, is going to be fruitful is by the Holy Spirit. So the Father says, I water it continuously. Now, if he waters it, all we have to do is to receive the water. Hello? We, we never have to be in the point of thinking, you know, God has taken his spirit away or the spirit isn't available or operating or working in our lives. I guard it day and night. Now, you see, he's talking about you. Just take it personally for a moment. We'll talk about the fruitfulness uh, in, in, in a few moments. But first of all, he's talking about you. I water you as a branch in the vine every day. I continuously water you. This is the Father. This is God the Father speaking, right? I guard it. I guard you as a branch in the vine day and night. I come from somewhere where they believe. Are, are there any believers here? <laughs> I mean, this is wonderful. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. Now, you see, our part is simply to believe. To believe in God, to believe in His Word, to believe in His promises, to believe what He says. One of the, uh, one of the things that uh, I confess over my life every day, I confess over 50 scriptures over my life every day, because I believe it's so important to speak the truth of God over our lives. And one of those things that I confess, they're, they're all things from the Word of God, that because I live in Him, no evil shall come upon me, neither will any fatal sickness or disaster come near me. You get that from the Psalms. But I speak that over my life. No evil is going to come upon me, no fatal sickness or disaster is going to come near me. Amen? Okay. But He is the one who is watching over me to ensure that what I believe actually happens. So I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. Now just turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. So he puts us into Christ, but he is the one who makes us stand firm in Christ. He watches over us, he waters us, he protects us, guards us, keeps us, and enables us to stand firm in Christ. Can you see that all this activity is the Father? It's what he is doing for you. It's not what you're doing for him. It's what he is doing for you to enable you 
to live continuously in the vine and so become the fruitful person that God's called you to be. Are we getting this? Okay. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Now, if he's guaranteeing what is to come, it means the whole of the future outworking of God's purpose in our lives is dependent upon him, not upon us. In other words, our part is all the time to respond to him. Never to take the initiative away from God. Never to take the initiative into our own hands. Never to think that God is calling us to work for him. No, he's calling us to live in him so that he can produce in us and through us all that he desires to do. Are we getting this? So, we go back to chapter 15. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now, we know that the blood of Jesus cleanses us, makes us acceptable and holy in God's sight, enables us to live at one with him. It would be impossible for us to live in the vine or to have Jesus living in us without the blood. But there's no time for me to, to uh, talk at length about that. There's a um, podcast up on, on, on Kingdom Faith Internet uh, of the message about the blood that can, you can download it for yourself to hear all about that. But here he says, Jesus says to the disciples, you are already made clean. Now, the word prune and make clean, this is the same word. You are already pruned. You are already made clean by the word that I spoke to you. So how does God prune our lives? Jesus doesn't prune the vine. The Father prunes it. The vine can't prune itself. Is this too deep for you? Or no, okay, the vine can't, the, the vine can't prune itself. So the Father speaks his word into your life. And at least once a year, if not more often, he catches up on you. Ah, he does. Things that he's allowed where you've drifted, perhaps trusting in yourself, drifting away from his purposes, wondering why you've been getting a little drier spiritually, Things aren't really working out in the way that, that you believe they should. Then God suddenly <laughs> brings you up short. Something happens. You have some encounter with him, some meeting with him. Perhaps somebody says something. Or some event occurs. Or you hear a particular message and you are brought and you realize how far you've got away from God's best purposes. You didn't realize it because 
that process happen so subtly and so gradually that then, boom, God gets in there with his word. And a pruning takes place. You humble yourself before him, you asking for his forgiveness afresh. Boom, 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 boom. And that's always followed by a season of growth and then of future, f of further fruitfulness for which the branch of the vine exists. So it's better to live continuously in the vine in the way that Jesus wanted instead of drifting away and having to have one of these pruning sessions more often than is absolutely vital. Eh? So how do we do that? What do you know Jesus told us? He said, take no thought for tomorrow. Don't think about tomorrow. And he says, don't be anxious about anything. Anxiety doesn't accomplish anything. It just makes the situation feel worse. Take no thought for tomorrow. Jesus, are you being serious? Why does he say that? Do you understand that it doesn't matter what you have to do tomorrow? I mean, tomorrow the f term at the, at the Kingdom Faith College begins, and the first week of term is always very, very important, and I'm sort of responsible personally for that, and uh, <coughs> I know what God therefore needs to do in me and through me so that that work fulfills his purpose. But that's tomorrow. I have no grace for that today because God will only grace me for what I have to do today. He will only grace you for what you have to do today. He won't grace you for tomorrow until tomorrow. When tomorrow becomes today, then he gives you the grace for that day. But he doesn't give you the grace today for tomorrow. This is why Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us, that, that's not talking about Hovis. It's talking about the grace that we need to fulfill the will and the purpose of God. It's the word. Jesus is the living bread, isn't he? It's the word we need that inspires faith and gives us the grace for what we need today. Amen? as we respond to that word today, so there will be more grace tomorrow. Uh -huh. Have you ever wondered, you know, if you were ever in a situation where <coughs> you were being persecuted for your faith and, and you were told, well, either you renounce Jesus Christ or you will die? You know, we all would prefer never to be in that situation. But you might wonder, you know, how would I cope in a situation like that? Well, 
It's a pointless question to ask because God wouldn't give you the grace for that unless you were in the situation. If that was your today, God would give you whatever grace you needed for that day in that situation. Are we getting this? See? So every day, the grace of God is new. I'll say that again. Every day, the grace of God is new. So God does not expect me to live today on the grace I had yesterday. In other words, my relationship with the Father is to be such that every day I'm taking hold of His grace. Right? So I needed His grace to preach this message. Never preached this message before, in this form before. It, it's, it's not, well, this is something, you know, Pastor Colin knows. He's, he's preached about these scriptures years and years and years. Yes, so I have, but never in this way before. This is totally new. God gives me the grace for what he wants to communicate to you today. I'm not worried about tomorrow because I know tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and so on, as the first week of term progresses at Rafi, those of you who've been there know how important the first week of term is. Uh, he will give me the grace every day. And he will give grace to all the students to receive what he is saying every day and to then respond and process that in their lives. You see, the Father is the God of today in your life. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear the voice of God, do not harden your hearts as you did in the days of rebellion. No, today, you listen to the word. It may be a pruning word, because there's not only major prunings, there's little prunings, you know, where God has been showing you you've been trusting yourself and not Him. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we're so conscious of, of the sin that sometimes needs to be cut out of our lives, and we're so thankful to God for His mercy and forgiveness. It takes away all the guilt, yes. But what we so often don't realize is that Trusting in ourselves is also sin. I mean, if you have Christ in you and you choose to trust yourself instead, is that the will and the purpose of God? If it's not the will and the purpose of God, then actually it's opposed to the purpose of God and therefore it is sin. Hello? That's all right, I won't be here next week, so don't look so worried. <coughs> uh, so the Father, all the time, is watching over the vine, watching over every branch, protecting it, guarding it, watering it, keeping it, providing in every way for it, saying, don't worry about the future. You're in the vine today, and you draw all the sustenance out of the vine that you need today for today. That's the way you continuously live in Jesus. It's what you do every day. 
you download, you receive. I mean, you, everybody's aware of downloading from computer. I mean, you've got all of this wealth of information up there on the net. And you can download all kinds of stuff. But you see, if you want to download something new today, that's got nothing to do with what you downloaded yesterday, or last week, or last month. No, that's what you download. That's what you needed to download then. But today you have a different need. You have a different reason for going on the net. You want to download today what you need for today. And this isn't anything new. The computers are simply catching up on the will and the purpose of God <coughs> of how to live in Christ Jesus that you download every day by the Spirit, through the Word of God, the cleansing Word, cleanses us of sin, cleanses us of that self-dependence, downloads the life, the love, the power, downloads the righteousness, the holiness, the redeeming love. All that is in Christ is yours. So just a little later on in this um, discourse that Jesus is giving the disciples at the Last Supper, the, later on in chapter 16, he says this, all that belongs to the Father and all that belongs to the Son, the Holy Spirit makes known to you. How are you going to download that? Well, you can't download it all at once. But day by day, God's grace will be sufficient for you. Day by day. And it doesn't matter how weak you are in yourself because you're downloading the life, the love, the power, the light of Jesus Christ that will penetrate the darkness all around you. Now the fruit is what this process produces through you. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a branch in a vine eating its own fruit? In other words, the fruit isn't for you. The vine belongs to the Father. So he has the right to gather the fruit. The fruit is for him. And therefore, the fruit is for whoever the Father chooses to come and use that fruit, eat that fruit, receive from you of the life of Jesus that is flowing through your life. 
sometimes the Father is going to bring people alongside you that you would not choose to give your fruit to. Say, Lord, I haven't gone to all this business of being faithful to you and, and seeking you and, and depending upon your grace for him or for her to come along and do this, that, and the other. But no, that's the Father's prerogative, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And for us to rejoice and give thanks. And have you noticed that sometimes people that produce the fruit in your life aren't even thankful? They don't thank you for it. They don't acknowledge it. But you shouldn't feel upset about that because the fruit wasn't for you anyway. Hello? The fruit was for the Father. And if he causes someone to come along and they're not thankful, well, praise God. Anyway, you'll still give thanks. You won't judge the person, will you? No, I didn't think you would. No. <laughs> because all judgment belongs to the Son, not to the branches. And if all judgment belongs to Jesus, then no judgment belongs to us. Which is why Jesus warns us, if you judge others, then you will be judged with the same judgment with which you judge others. That's enough to keep us all full of mercy, isn't it? And this is why Jesus says, be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. So, what I want you to really get hold of this morning is how the Father not only oversees all that is going on in your life as a branch that has been grafted in, but he is the one who is controlling everything, watering it, pruning it, caring for it, guarding it, keeping this branch in the vine. Wonderful. The point is that the Father is going to ensure that the purpose for grafting you into the vine is going to be fulfilled. I thought you might be happy about that because, you see, it's the Father who does it, not you. So, our part is simply to stay surrendered to Him. If we stay surrendered to Him, we stay dependent upon Him. Dependent upon His grace day by day. Paul sums this up when he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Not I, but Christ. And, you know, we, we tend to trust him for things that we know we can't do ourselves. But God wants us to learn to trust him in everything, even things that we could do ourselves. I mean, I could give you a talk this morning without trusting in the Lord. It wouldn't have the same effect but I could do it, but I would never do that. 
doesn't matter whether I'm speaking to one or two people or to thousands, I would never ever do that because the only thing that matters is that God speaks what he wants to say, not what I want to say. So, you know, people are forever asking me, uh, what, what are you going to be speaking about? And the answer is, well, I don't know. I'll tell you at the end of the message. <laughs> because God, like this morning, God can give me the subject. He can take me to various scriptures, say, use this and this and this and this. But how he's actually going to put it and what he's going to say, I don't know. I just trust him. That's okay if you've got the relationship with God whereby you can trust him and he is going to speak through you. Don't try to do that kind of thing if you don't have the relationship. But you see, what matters in our lives day by day is, well, there's nothing to worry about today because the Father knows, he sees, he's overseeing, he has put me in the vine, I can draw upon all the riches and resources of Jesus that I need today. His grace will be sufficient for me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be anxious about anything. We can be concerned about things, but being concerned is not the same as being anxious and worrying about it. You know, there's some situations that I pray about that I'm concerned about and I wish God would get a move on and, and resolve these things more quickly. But I can't say that to him and I hope he wasn't listening when I said <laughs> it just now. But he knows that because I, you know, I say it to him. I say, Lord, it's time for you to move in this situation. And you know what he says? Trust me. Trust me. It's always the same thing. Trust me. Trust me. And what you learn, of course, is that he is perfect in his timing of what he does. He's never too early and he's never too late. He always does things in exactly the right way at exactly the right time. So I am thankful for this message this morning because God's been encouraging me with this for the last week. All about how the Father oversees the vine and oversees my life as a branch in the vine. And I know that when I, I preach, you know, I'm going to preach out of, of what is living in me. I don't sort of preach an academic sermon what it means to live in Christ Jesus is X, Y, Z. No, no, no. It's got to be alive. It's got to be living in you. And God wants this message to live in you. He hasn't brought you just here to listen to another message. Oh, that was a good message. Or that was interesting. Or, you know, oh, hallelujah, I didn't fall asleep. I mean, that's, that's not what you're here for. But he wants to sow something his word is seed he wants to sow this dependence upon the father to understand what the amazing love that he must have for you to graft you into Jesus
to go to all that that's involved to send his son to die for you in order to make that possible. He wants you to understand the love that causes him to be concerned about every detail of your life, what is going on in your life every day, all day, every day. And there's just one final thought about this. Live continuously in me. Rest continuously in me, Jesus said. You can't be conscious of that all day long. You do have to concentrate on your work and you have to get involved in other things which are going to require your attention, your focus. Of course, what God intends is that all the other things you're doing are consistent with your life in Christ. But you see, the great thing about understanding the role of the Father in this is that when you are not able to be conscious of living in Christ, He keeps you in Christ. See, He is doing the work for you. He keeps you so that as soon as you again become conscious, you are still in him. And he is still in you. And he is always at hand, ready to work in you and through you. He keeps you. He keeps you from falling keeps you from falling away. He keeps you in the vine because he watches over the vineyard. Loves it. Cares for it. Protects it. Enables it. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. I'm encouraged. Is anybody else encouraged? Oh, thank you, Lord. Such wonderful truth of all that you do to care for us day by day. Now just close your eyes for a moment. As the Lord is here, He's been here all morning, but right now we can be still and be conscious of his presence. So why don't you respond to the message now from your heart and begin to speak to him. Don't just stand there thinking thoughts, but speak to him. Mouth the words, let your lips move. You don't have to speak aloud so that others can hear you. But really speak words to him. Thank him that he is your father. Thank him that he called and chose to graft you into the vine. And that it is because of him 
as the scripture says, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. Because of the Father's love for you. Because of the way he cares for you. Because of the way he wants to oversee your life. It is because of him. So thank you, Father. And Jesus came to reveal the Father to you. Hallelujah. He taught us to pray. When you pray, he said, say, Father. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Jesus has given us access to the Father. Now, because he's your father, you're his child. You're actually a son of God. The more we understand about his fatherhood, the more we can live in the good of our sonship. You are all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus, Paul says. So thank him that you're a son of God, you're a child of God, you're a co-heir with Christ of everything that the Father has. That God has blessed you in Christ Grafted into that vine, God has blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ. All that belongs to the Father, all that belongs to the Son, the Holy Spirit makes known to you. He's not a stingy God. He doesn't withhold himself. He wants to give himself. A former great saint of God said, God eternally lives to give himself. Hallelujah. Every day he wants to give you grace. Every day he wants to water the vine with the Holy Spirit. Every day he wants the anointing to be fresh upon you. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Oil is another type of the Holy Spirit. He wants your cup overflowing. Why? Because every day you're downloading from heaven all the grace that you need. That's why you need to start every day in prayer. Every day with the Word. Because then you see... Although you may not be conscious of the Lord's presence all the time during the rest of the day, you have started off in the way that the Father can keep you all the way through that day. He can enable you. He can inspire you even when you're not conscious of him because you put him first in the day. If he's first in the day, he'll be first through the day. Can you see that? It's very, very important. So thank him that he's making you a man or woman of prayer, of faith, of dependence upon him. Hallelujah. Now thank him for his pruning. Yeah, come on, he prunes you in love. Everything he does is in love. So thank you, Lord, you cut out of my life the useless bits, the bits that produce no fruit, the useless things, certainly the sinful things. 
You want to cut out of my life all the ways in which I depend upon myself instead of depending upon you. Thank you for your pruning. Thank you that you speak your word to me. Thank you that if I do drift away, you, you give me one of those climatic moments when you bring me up short and I come back right into the full blessing that you want to be living in day you want me to be living in day by day so thank you lord for your pruning and thank you lord that every pruning is followed by new growth and thank you that the new growth is followed by greater fruitfulness than ever before and thank you that when there's greater fruitfulness you're glorified in my life because you say, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So thank you, Jesus. Now it can get a little bit noisy in here because now we're going to thank him. We can all do that, right? You don't have to whisper your thanks. You can be open about your thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Give us today our daily bread. Hallelujah. And Lord, forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lord, if we've, if, if we've failed to really understand your fatherhood and the way you care for us if, if we've drifted away. Thank you. You don't want us looking back. You don't want us living by regret, in regret. You want to forgive us right now. So this moment becomes a new start. Hallelujah. It's a new day. With your blessing afresh on us today, with your grace afresh on us today. So just, just lift your hands to the Lord now and and lay hold of that grace. Thank you, Lord. Your grace is sufficient for me today. Everything that I have to do today, you grace me to do today. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are my enabler. And thank you that you put me into Christ and Christ into me that I can live and walk at one with him and walk at one with you as my father every day of my life living in the good of all that you have done for me. And I praise you and I bless you. While you've got your, while you've got your hands up, just take hold of his healing grace or, or the answer to some specific need that's happening in your life now. Don't just sort of wish he would do something. Take hold of it. Take hold of it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The frustrating things that I was talking about earlier are, are when you're praying for others who won't take hold of what God wants to give to them. And there's nothing you can do to make them take hold of it. But you yourself, take hold now of everything that you need from him. Oh Lord, I thank you that you're pouring down your grace right at this moment. You're giving grace to all your children here in whatever is needed for today. And thank you that tomorrow there will be grace for tomorrow. And Tuesday, there'll be grace for Tuesday. And Wednesday, there'll be grace for Wednesday. And everything that happens on Wednesday. And Thursday, there'll be grace for Thursday. And believe it or not, there will be sometime in the future, no matter what it looks like, grace for Brexit. God will give grace. Come on, we want God to be in this equation. 
whatever, whatever is going to happen, God is going to give grace to this nation to prosper in the things of God. Because this nation has is, is got a divine call upon it. Amen. To actually impact other nations with the gospel. And we need to, to believe we're going to see the fulfillment of that. So whatever the political scene looks like in the coming months, the grace of God is going to enable us to abound in His love, to keep faith with Him, and to see Him working in us and through us for the glory and praise of His holy name. So we don't have to be despondent. The world is confused, but God isn't. The world doesn't know what's going to happen, but God does. Hallelujah. So we praise you, and we bless you, and we thank you, Lord. We give glory to your wonderful and your holy name. Thank you we don't have to worry about the future. <laughs> every day looks after itself. Oh, every day has enough concern to keep us engaged in what you 